Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author, Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And as always on Empowerment Radio, we are addressing the challenges in life that may appear like obstacles along the journey. And I think one of the biggest obstacles that we all can have is exactly what we will talk about today, which could be summarized in two simple words. I can't. Isn't it true that the I can't, or maybe it's actually three words, but either way, isn't it true that this I can't often shows up right in between our goals, our dreams, our aspirations, that feeling of, yeah, I want to have a bigger impact in life. I want to reach some kind of a greater purpose. I want to make a bigger change. And then those words show up. And those words are followed usually by explanations and excuses like, I can because I'm not smart enough. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I can because no one can. Whatever we are telling ourselves. And so that usually keeps us nicely tucked away in our comfort zone. And it makes us feel smaller. It makes that inner potential, that force inside of us that sometimes it's just trying to pounce and trying to get out, trying to have space. It keeps it locked inside. I always think about a horse that is locked inside the barn and it's just uh, hammering against the, the door and wants to go on to the prairie and he can't. And that's a little bit our potential. Sometimes when we are telling ourselves too often I can't. That inner potential, after all the pounding and all the trying to get free, is giving up. And then we fall into that sense of cloudiness, darkness, the sense of despair and depression, the sense of just plowing through every day, trying to get it over with. And that's what we want to avoid. And that is, I believe, what my dad tried to nip in the butt, when he told me one of his most annoying sayings, every time there was a challenge or every time there was something I wanted to reach, he told me, son, now it's time to get out of the saddle. Getting out of the saddle, what does it actually mean? Well, I guess it's a bicycle analogy, but it drove me nuts because I felt like he accuses me of not trying hard enough, not working hard enough, not being good enough. But what he actually was trying to tell me, and with humble pie, I realized it later, was that he believed in me, that I have the potential, that it's simply about stepping into that paddle to know that 
I can do it, even if it costs me a little bit more effort, even if I have to get out of my comfort zone, even if I have to break a sweat, I can do it because there is that potential inside of me. And he believed in me. And I think sometimes when we don't believe in ourselves, when we are stuck in the I can't, we need people from who we can borrow that belief, that belief that it is possible. And that is what our guest today is really well known for. And I believe he can also give you a belief in yourself through our conversation today. I'm talking about the number one best-selling author, motivational speaker, and teacher, Sean Anderson. He has not only written seven books, he is actually living and breathing the attitude that is teaching to others, which is the extra mile. And we talk all about the extra mile and everything that it entails and how he is not only helping people to believe that they can go that extra mile, but how he has just come back from a trip through Italy. And he went certainly the extra mile there. So thank you so much, Sean, for coming on to the show and sharing your wisdom and your teachings with us. You know, it's a real privilege to be here. And, and just to piggyback on what you had said so powerfully just a second ago, every single goal that I make when I start creating the list to achieve that goal, the very first item on that list every single time is the same thing. I believe I can do this. Mm. So, you know, because if we don't really have the belief, do we really even have a chance to complete what we want? Absolutely. And that's where beliefs are in in many ways, the laws of the universe, of our personal universe. If we have beliefs that keep us limited, we certainly have a very limited experience in that universe. And if we have beliefs that give us wings, we certainly can fly. Now, you, I don't know, did you always have that belief? I mean, tell us a little bit about your story, because I believe you started as an entrepreneur and now you're hiking the world. So tell us how that get, how that came about. Well, I was a I was a ten year old boy, and I I loved baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you love baseball cards, you got to find a way to pay for them. And so, my first entrepreneurial gig was actually selling worms to fishermen, so I could buy baseball cards. I would flood my parents' backyard, and the giant night crawlers would come out. I would go gather them off the surface, put them in a big peat moss bucket, run an ad at that time in a newspaper in Reno, Nevada. Uh, and, and then every weekend at seven o'clock in the morning, fishermen would come see me sitting on the front yard and they would buy my night crawlers. That's how I learned that, you know, our actions can create what we want. Our actions create the desires that we carry. Ever since then, I've always been an entrepreneur. I'm 55 now, and I still continually believe that if you want to create your very best life, you don't look at somebody else to do it, but you look at the man and the woman in the mirror, and you say, what are you doing to make this happen? Well, who taught you that? How did you come up with that? You know, just the real self-awareness. It's a self-awareness that we, we affect every moment that happens to us. Every single thing that happens to you today, mm. how you respond to that moment is going to affect how that moment continues to play out. 
you know, when you have that kind of awareness that you've got that personal power, I mean, every one of us is a magician, a genie of sorts, that when something happens to us, man, we don't have to just be on that rowboat and go with the rest of the crowd, but we can actually have a paddle and we can determine, oh, we're going to go to the left side of the river or the right side of the river. We control how we let that whole situation play out. It's a powerful thing. You know, at a young age, again, I just go back to the fact that I knew that I could create a $10 bill on a weekend. And with that $10 bill, I could get what I wanted. That's just continued to expand as I've gotten older. And were your parents also in that belief set or were they completely different? Hey, you know, I, 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 I don't really believe that, that, that they were on the same team as me back then. I, I just, uh, you know, and maybe that was, that's, that was a real valuable lesson that the money wasn't given to me But I, I had to find a way to create it. And I knew that if I asked for money to go get baseball cards, it wasn't going to happen. But at the same time, just because the world blocks what we want, just because rejection comes your way, just because someone says no, doesn't mean we have to stop going for what we want. You know, as an example, my very first book, my very first book was called Countdown to College, Preparing Your Su Student for Success in the Collegiate Universe. Man... I, I had this dream of being a writer and empowering people and getting people out there. Well, I had 83 rejections on that very first book. I know there's stories where people have had a lot more, but I'll tell you, every time that you open one of those 83, just a little bit of your self-confidence disappears. Mm. That's what we can't let happen to us. When people say no, when you go for a new job, that doesn't mean you have to stay in your bad job. You keep trying to get a new job. Now, people would say well, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And every time I get beaten down and the door gets slammed in front of my face, I feel, like you said, a little bit of my self-confidence disappearing, but I keep on trying. But isn't there also a saying about this keeping on trying that if you do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, it's insanity? So how do we keep on trying and then also be flexible to take in those rejections as, well, maybe there is a learning behind that. Well, we constantly have to re-strategize, and, and I'm never one for continuing to pound out the same sort of effort that's producing uh, zero results. I, I, you've got to sit down, and you've got, to, you've got to analyze what it is that you're doing that's creating the results that you're getting. Something's not right. As an example, I, there, there is someone who reaches out to me and, and says, you know, gosh, I, I've I've been employed for three years. I don't understand what's going on. I say, well, let's talk about your strategy. What are you doing? Well, every single time I go on Craigslist and I look at the jobs and I send my resume for, I said, well, do you think that might be your problem? That you continue to use the same darn source. You're sending resumes of which maybe 200 other people are too. How many of us will really rise to number one on someone's desk out of 200? I said, man, you got to get out there. You're charismatic. You're powerful. Let them see your face. Let them feel your energy. What if you were to whisper to somebody, you know what? I could really, I, I really believe in this business and I think I can help you succeed. How many people are going to turn that sort of person away? So when we're not succeeding, and I, by the way, I do not like the word trying. I never try for anything. It's, I constantly keep doing, 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 doing. We're either doing or we're not doing. Trying is this middle word, I don't know. Well, I really tried. What the heck is try, man? You do. If you put a forth an effort, you are doing. If you fail, you keep doing. This whole trying thing is so, it's like to me, it's a helium balloon that has no air left in it. I hate that word. <laughs> well, 
have you ever had a goal and then you had to re-strategize by saying, well, I have to really adjust the goal. Maybe I'm not running barefoot up the mountain or whatever. Did you ever just say that goal is not mine to reach? No. <laughs> no. Right. I say that I say that no, because Because, you know, if I'm passionate about something, if I'm passionate about something, what if all of a sudden I'll, I think that I don't want to climb that mountain anymore, it's because I've been listening too much to everybody around me that says, Sean, you're not supposed to climb that mountain. Sean, that mountain's too tall for you, too steep for you. Sean, you're too old to climb that mountain. Sean, you can't do it. So you know what? Dang, that's where passion sets in. Because when we have passion, and we connect it with purpose. There is nothing that can't stop us from going into that, up that mountain except us listening to the world telling us we can't. Very powerful. And of course, I have a few things I want to ask you about that, but let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Sean Anderson about passion, purpose, and how to overcome the I can't and go the extra mile. We'll be right back. A space of allowing radio with Coach Nancy Coco, welcoming all that wants to be present today. Tune in Thursdays every first and third week at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Coach Nancy helps you find a space of allowing. Join Coach Nancy to explore what lives at your edges and to bring more of yourself home. For more information, visit NancyCocoCoaching.com. Hi, I'm Barbara Scheidegger, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of Swiss Hypnotherapy. And this is a tip with purpose. When the old anger and stress are triggered, stop, breathe, see what you're doing and tell yourself no more. Breathe and walk away. See your anger for what it really is. It's quite destructive. Don't take excuses for excuses. Take more of, yes, I can, and move forward. I hope this tip helps you going through the day today. You can reach me at 323-999-4775 or at my website at theswisshypnotherapy.com. You can write me an email and I give 30 minutes free consultation. Hypnotherapy is there for you. Demystifying the journey on From Here to There Radio with your host, Diane Garris. Tune in every third Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Diane helps you get from where you are now to the life you envision. Get ready to get unstuck and move forward. Every show features a new special segment, New Age Notes, demystifying hot metaphysical topics of the day. For more information or to work with Diane, visit DianeGarris.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking with Sean Anderson about the extra mile, his books, his passion, 
and all the things that keep him driven in life. Now, Sean, I have to, of course, challenge you a little bit on that, since I know quite a few of my clients that set themselves goals. And they set themselves goals that were really high. And they were so high that it was actually for them almost like a, well, I need to reach the goal to prove myself something. And so that became all-consuming. They became obsessed with either that promotion or that special person or that million dollar they have to make only to forget everything else. So they became almost identified with a goal that they haven't reached and they were falling in the mindset that, well, if I don't reach this goal, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. And what do you think about you know, setting goals that actually are maybe enhancing your life and not goals that just somehow make you feel better about yourself because you've, you know, have to outrun your insecurities. Mm, That is a beautiful point. You know, I believe that our truest passion is not found by listening to the whispers that people whisper in our ears, what society tells us we should do, how we should be, the kind of person that we need to become in order to, you know, to, to be famous or to be rich. But I believe that the goals that are our purest goals are when we listen to the whispers from within, those little voices that remind us what make us happy, what make us feel good, what make us smile, because it's those, it's those innate whispers that I believe will always help direct us to our truest purpose. You know, I've never been a fan and I will never work with somebody who says, Sean, my goal is to be rich. It's because I just believe that that sort of goal, although it's, if, if they want to go for it, by all means, go for it, man, go for it. But I just believe there's a deeper step that what we do is we find their deeper purpose and let that deeper purpose be explored. And then perhaps the wealth might come, but I'm just not one for for chasing artificial goals in life that society says we're supposed to be like. That's just not who I am. Well, so those whispers, they often come from listening, right? So you have to really sit at times and, I guess, do nothing, which uh, may be hard for people that are always on the go. So how do you practice the maybe readjustment, the listening, the just uh, paying attention to that whisper. Do you meditate? Do you take time out after you have been doing, doing, doing? What, what do you do? I think the greatest gift that anybody can give themselves every single day is to make time to take a walk. Mm. Take a walk. Take a walk by yourself. Breathe in the air. Take a look at the take a look at the beauty of everything around you. I mean, I sincerely watch a bird fly, watch a bird build its its nest as you're walking, watch dogs playing, watch whatever. Just become aware of this universe, this amazing, powerful, beautiful, incredibly awesome universe that we live in. And as we become more attached to the beauty of everything around us, I believe at that point, our, our, whole, our whole spirit starts to find a deeper silence. And it's when we find that deeper silence that all the voices that we hear around us start to be blocked out. And then we become in touch with, 
you know, the best part of who we are. Every week before I write a newsletter, and I've got a weekly newsletter called Inspiration Thursdays. I've, I've written 368 issues. I always take a walk. I take a walk and I just see what I see. I feel what I feel. I just, I'm just reminded about the simplicity and the powerful of, powerfulness of life. And, 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 and I let those, I let that plant the seeds then that I see. I'll see a, I see a story. I'll, I'll feel a story. But it's when we take that walk, that finding that silent time with ourselves. As you said, maybe meditation works for you. But I'll tell you, it's it's always great to stay to stay in shape. And I always believe that physical energy starts to bring in emotional energy, spiritual energy, every single positive energy you can you can get. Start with the walk. Yeah, I love that. Now it's interesting because you mentioned the just beauty of nature, dogs playing, and butterflies flying, and isn't that also then something where you could say, well, in the end, it is also about just being in a place of oneness and integration and not feeling like, well, I have to do more. I have to strive further because, you know, I think a lot of people would listen to your message and feel like, oh my God, I'm a loser. I'm not doing anything special. I'm not walking across countries. I'm not being this big entrepreneur. I'm not writing seven books. I mean, I'm, pretty much having nothing to show for myself. And that discontent and that feeling of having to achieve more, isn't that the opposite of what you just described that happens during those walks? And how can you reconcile it? Uh, I, I mean, it's so much is. I mean, you know, there's such a mystery with even being here and, and, and living this, this fascinating thing called life. And I think when we get so tied up with proving to be somebody yeah. instead of just really enjoying every single special moment, and, and I don't mean this in a Zenish guru type way, an Eckhart Tolle type way, but I really believe there's something in the power of now. And I believe that when we start to appreciate now, when we start to appreciate the moments of our life and not the achievements, the achievements or accolades of our life, but the simple moments of our life. It's there that we really start to feel something called gratitude. The simplest, most powerful of all gratitudes. I'm so grateful for being here. I'm so grateful for this walk today. God, I'm so grateful that I saw that. I'm so grateful for feeling the smile in my heart. I'm so grateful for that. You know what? Because when we start to feel the gratitude for the small things, Gratitude for our own life becomes bigger, and all of a sudden, then what gets washed out are all those other superficial things that we have to do. When we become more natural with living in the now, we become more powerful in living in all of our nows. And when we become more powerful in living in all of our nows, then that's when we can create the stuff that we probably really want to create. Now, you certainly had a lot of moments of being in the now when you were walking, literally walking across different countries, and you just came back from walking across Italy. Why do you do it? Uh, yeah, I've, I've walked six countries, across six countries in the last four years. I've walked across Spain, Portugal, England. I walked around Ireland. I walked 750 miles around Shikoku, Japan, and I just walked 500 miles from Milan to Rome. You know, I do these, I do these because I call them my axe sharpening events. It's where, man, I, I just got to go out and I got to find my best purpose. I got to go out and learn to really trust myself. I got to go out and really live moments, you know, because when you're walking across a, a country and you're, you're, 
you know, you're tired and your feet hurt and maybe you've lost a toenail and you're going, oh my gosh, I got eight more miles to go to get to my spot and I'm running out of water. It's at that time where you start to feel these, these hardships. But, but more than that, it's, it's where you start to feel this real trust within yourself, this real mm-hmm. confidence in yourself that I, I can do this. Let's go back to what you said at the beginning of the show. I can do this. Come on, dude. You got this. You got this. And if you don't get on with your walk, you can't just sit here because no one's going to find you. So let's go make this happen. And not only let's make it happen, but we're going to celebrate every step because when you get there, you're going to look back when you take your shoes off, when you take your cold shower, when you pop that ice cold beer and you go, man, I did it today. I did it today. And it's no great accomplishment maybe for someone else to have walked these eight miles, but you knew what you went through. And that's your celebration moment. And the more celebration moments that you can create for yourself, the sharper your axe gets. And when I return after every single one of my axe sharpening events, my purpose is more refined, my passion is more intense, and my world becomes bigger in what I think I can really do and how I live. Now, I think you said something very important, which a lot of people just don't do, especially the achievers and I was one of them, and my achieving was all about uh, compensating for deep-seated insecurity. And what achievers don't do often is that celebration step, that saying, good job, wow, look, you did it. And that is the nourishment of the mind and the soul that really keeps you going. That's what releases all these wonderful endorphins that also heal your body and make you motivated for the next day. And And I think that's a wonderful thing that you said that, yes, it can be hard. You have like this inner cheerleader that gets you going, but then afterwards you also take the time to really soak it in and and build a stronger foundation of belief and confidence in yourself. And that's a, a very powerful habit to have. What was your hardest moment on this trip through Italy? Oh, on this last trip, the hardest moment was, uh, You know, I'd started really late in the season in July. Normally, I like to start just a little bit earlier. And in Europe, Italy, it was super, super, super hot. And as when I was walking through the flatlands of Italy, there was no shade. And it, sometimes it got up to be, be about 95 degrees. And, and I swear there was, you know... A family, a huge family of flies that kept following me the whole way. And when you're in the sunshine and you're walking in, in humidity and flies are following you. And then there were some mosquitoes that absolutely loved my legs. And so you've got these mosquitoes and you've got these flies and you're, you're, you're just sweating. You've got, you know, 25 pounds on your back. And you're just going, oh, my God. You, oh. you know, you've got those moments. I mean, those are real moments. Uh, and, 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 then, and then after the first two days, see, you're not tough enough after the first two days because you've just you've stepped so far outside of your comfort zone. You know, your, your nice air conditioner at home and your refrigerator full of beautiful food and your friends on a telephone and all this. Man, you're out there in the boonies. After the second day, you wake up in the morning at 4.45 and you go, oh, my God, I've got to do this again what is going, you know, yeah, that's the hard part. It's the hard part of stepping out of your comfort zone and continuing to not retreat, wave the flag and run back and sit on your couch. Mm. Is that ever an option for you to retreat? <sighs> Only if I ever choose to be the second best version of myself. Well, but maybe your body says, you know what, Sean, I know your mind is strong. You want it. Great. But somehow you have to see your limitations. 
Well, I, I, you know, honestly, yeah, do, 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 do real legitimate limitations exist? Well, they, they exist every time you truly think they do. Every single excuse in the world is real if you, if you really believe it. I've never heard a single excuse. That would be an excuse. Yeah, I, I've never heard an excuse in life that wasn't real because the person believed it. Mm. So it's just a matter of how, how much you want to believe that you can or can't again. If you want to find an excuse, my God, there's a list of 50 that you're right there. Choose one. Let's just get it over with, right? But what would you do if you would break your leg, for example? It's pretty hard to go on this trip when you have broken your leg. You tripped, something happened. That's let's a, let's a let's talk about something. Let's talk about something that's more real. I was walking across Spain, one of my first hikes ever. I came down the Pyrenees Mountains a little too fast and really messed up my ankle. That joint right there, it became so absolutely painful that man, I I I was limping and walking with such utter pain that that joint bone was absolutely swollen. I come walking into this really small town in Spain and this woman at a this small store, the, the town must have been about 300 people. She is yelling at me. She does not speak English. She only speaks Spanish. I do not speak Spanish. I only speak English, but I can tell she is pissed at me and she's pissed at me and pointing to my foot. She points to a chair. She tells me to sit there. She disappears back into her store. She comes back out from her store and she's got a bag of products. She lifts my feet up. She takes off my, my wounded, my shoe with the wounded ankle in it. We can barely get the shoe off. It hurts so much. She proceeds to pull these items out of the bag. The first thing you won't believe it, it's these women's feminine protection pads, these soft cushions that she then wraps around my ankle for softness and cushion support. She then takes all this gauze tape And she just totally wraps up my foot, my ankle. She reinforces it that I look like my, my foot. Like, I look like Elephant Man. My foot was now so big because it was wrapped so intensely. She smiles at me. She pats me. She touches her heart. And she almost sends me on my way again. So again, right there, man, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. But that, that someone else to remind me that there was an option to get through this. You could do it. And, you know, so that's as close as I've ever come right there. Well, you're lucky to have a Spanish alchemical healer showing up with pads. <laughs> That's crazy, hey, right? But hey, but sometimes, sometimes you know what? You've got to tr you've got to trust the fact that there's really that there is no coincidence. Right. And sometimes if you're out there and you're giving life your very best, I mean, I have found that the most miraculous small things that encourage my spirit, you know what? They 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 come to you. Just keep your eyes open and look for them, okay? Well, I totally agree. Now, one of the things that you did write was the extra mile. And there are actually stories about people that you interviewed that are also living and breathing the extra mile. Give me one of those stories that really inspired you. Actually, we have to go to the break. Sorry, <laughs> I just realized it. We're just going to go quickly to the break and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Steve Kramer of Spirit Fire Radio, and I believe that meditation changes everything. It leads us in the direction of greater well-being, and that's a fact. I struggled with meditation for years. I understood the principles, but I found it hard to incorporate them into my everyday life. Spirit Fire's meditation practice changed that. 
It's called the practice of living awareness and it's taught in 14 steps. These are 14 tools that I can use in any moment on and off the cushion. Steps like smile, flow, and ground of being support my clarity of mind while I'm navigating the ups and downs of modern life. That's why it's called the practice of living awareness. If you'd like to add meditation to your daily experience, the practice of living awareness is free online and it's suited for any level of practitioner. Visit spiritfire.com for more information. And be sure to check out Spirit Fire's meditation retreats in Western Massachusetts. It's all there at spiritfire.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We just started talking about extra mile stories, people that inspired Sean Anderson to write about because they're credo in life and the way they live their life was all about doing the extra mile in order to make a positive change. So I wanted to ask you about such a story. What really inspired you? Well, in 2009, you know, America and the whole world had really gone through dramatic time. I mean, everybody just seemed to lose their confidence. Banks were closing. Businesses were closing at an all-time high. Uh, people's homes were being foreclosed. It was really pretty a desperate time if you go back and remember that. And, and I decided to use my very small voice and remind people that if you truly want to create change, you don't look at your boss or the government and say, what kind of program are you going to create to make sure that we continue? But again, you look at the man or the woman in the mirror. And so I, 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 I wanted to tell people that you can't keep doing the same thing in order to create what you want. You've got to, you've got to give more. You've got to do more. You've got to be more than you currently are doing. You have to go the extra mile. So as a symbol of that, I took at that time my 47-year-old non-bicyclist, again, let me repeat, 47-year-old non-bicyclist body. And as a Forrest Gump sort of way, I pedaled a bike from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. Along the way, my team created events in 21 cities with the mayors in those cities. And I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people who had already been identified as having gone the extra mile in life. Who identified them? Say that again, please. Who identified them? Was it self-identified or was it uh, that your team found them? You know, we would reach out to, you know, uh, nonprofits in that area. We'd reach out to the city, the mayors. We would, we would, we'd reach out to the local media and we would, we would ask them who were their people, who were stars in their community, who were some of the great local stories, um, you know, that needed to be recognized. Because, because one of the things that I had said was on this tour, I was going to give away $10,000 of my own money, $1,000 each to the stories that I found most inspiring. So that helped bring some of these people out of the woodwork. And so when I would come into a city, uh, you know, there'd be a, a, a big event, the press would all be there. And then there would be these, these people that I would start talking to one by one, a little interview session. And that's where I found my truest inspiration was from these stories. Mm. As an example, I was in Ohio. I had just finished talking at a United Way event, and this woman comes escorted up to me on her arm. I'm supposed to talk to her next. Her name is Sheila Holsworth, and Sheila's being escorted up to me on someone's arm because Sheila Holsworth is blind. She had two glass eyes, but it wasn't always like that for Sheila. 
when she was 10 years old, the orthodontic headgear to straighten her teeth, one day it snapped, the rubber band snapped, and it, it, the wires popped up and it gouged out both of her eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Sheila now, she's in her 40s when I'm meeting her, and her extra mile story is that she never let her blindness stop her. You see, Sheila Holsworth uh, became an extreme ultra athlete. She uh, was known for, you know, c- climbing some of the world's tallest mountains. She had, was, as, was an international ski jump trick artist that she wouldn't just get behind a boat, hold onto the ropes and, and water ski, but she would do flips and turns. She had won international skiing downhill contests too, all as a blind person. So how does a blind person even ski? Well, the blind person, a blind person skis, she skied by someone would be in front of her and she knew how to turn left or right by how the snow off the back of their skis hit her chest. Oh. So, you know, this is an extra mile story. And an extra mile story is any story that you take what the world has given you and instead of accepting it, you choose to go further than that. Hmm. One more quick story that I'll just share with you. I was in Colorado and I met a couple, Brad and Libby Berkey. And Brad and Libby Berkey, they both had quit their jobs and they went all into opening a restaurant. Well, normally you would say it's no big deal opening a restaurant. There's probably been one location, one corner location in your city where there's been five different restaurants at that location in 10 years. But Brad and Libby decided to open a restaurant. And when you walked in and you got a menu, there would be no prices on the menu. When you finished your meal, you were not given a bill. You see, Brad and Libby believed that every single person deserved to have a home-cooked, beautiful meal. And at the end of the meal, you give what you can give. Well, you know, this was back in 2009. They had been open for about a year. They are still going strong. And not only is their example was is their example beautiful in Denver, Colorado, but there's little restaurants opening like this all over the country now. It's people who believe and go the extra mile. That's who I had the privilege of meeting. Well, I love this story because it's also about uh, really giving back and making a positive change. And I think we are living in times, again, where we all are called to make a positive change. And at the same time, I think we often do feel disempowered. And our voice doesn't matter. Our actions don't make a difference. So stories like this, I think, are very inspirational because they can show that we can do good one person, one meal at a time. So did both of them get $1,000 from you? Yeah, you know, actually, uh, one of those people, one of those stories did get it. And, uh, you know, there were just so many beautiful stories. I mean, honestly, there were 200. There wasn't a single bad story. Oh, yeah. At the end, you feel guilty that you don't have $200,000 to give away. Um, you know, if I can just make one, one final point on this, uh, it, back in 2009, I also wanted to give power to all the volunteers who were going the extra mile in communities across the, across the United States. I wanted to, to remind people that it's volunteerism and service of going the extra mile that really adds so much value to all of our lives. And so back then, I had this idea to create a day called Extra Mile Day, and it was on November, it's on November 1st. And that very first year, I had 23 mayors that jumped on board, and I was elated at that. 23 mayors in the United States who said, you know what, we're going to declare Extra Mile Day, and we are going to recognize the volunteer heroes in our community through whatever means or ways that we come up with. Well, sometimes when you have a small dream and you take action on that small dream, 
it, it ends up becoming so much bigger than you could ever imagine because Extra Mile Day has continued every year on November 1st since 2009. Last year, November 1st, 2017, there weren't 23 cities that participated. There were 527 cities in the United States that participated and recognized their Extra Mile heroes. Mm. Wow, that's fascinating. And I really find like that, you know, your whole message, and I guess this is also a part of your purpose, to help people to remember that they have that potential inside. Like my dad with Get Out of the Saddle, that they can go the extra mile is incredibly powerful. And it is also something that is much needed. Now, of course, there is a caveat that I want to address, which is when is it time to surrender? Because, you know, I do struggle with people at times, or I help people overcome their struggles with that lack of self-acceptance, where they do feel that not only the voices of the outside, but the voice of the inside that relentlessly is beating that drum of do more, be more, you can do it. And something inside of them says, I really just want to sit and do nothing. I really just want to take and nap once in a while. I really, just like you do with your walk, want to watch dogs play. But they have a hard time to get to that point because they do feel that, well, I should be more passionate. I should be more active. I should be more the one that is going the extra mile. I mean, can you see that sometimes people need to also be maybe taught that the extra mile may be extra for them, the extra mile to go inwards and not just pushing the envelope all the time. I'm not sure what you think about that. Well, sometimes, you know, you don't have to go the extra mile. It doesn't mean writing a book. Going the extra mile doesn't mean walking 500 miles across a country. Going the extra mile doesn't mean starting a million-dollar business. Going the extra mile might mean just saying hello to the checker today and saying, how was your day, and making sincere eye contact at the grocery store and just really wanting to know, how are you? What's going on in your world? That's going the extra mile. Going the extra mile is reaching out that one extra time today to someone in your world some some human being that might be struggling and just calling up and saying, hey, how are you doing? That's going the extra mile. Going the extra mile for someone who has bad health might mean just getting out and let's just see if we can just walk 15 yards today. Let's just see if we can do that. Going the extra mile means so many different things, but it means just doing that little bit extra of what might be important to make a difference in the world. There are an infinite amount of ways to go the extra mile. Perhaps you care deeply about animals. Going the extra mile might mean volunteering at the, at the giveaway on Sunday when people come to maybe adopt an animal. That's called going the extra mile. Yes. And for me, I believe going the extra mile, we may disagree on that, is also sometimes just going to the place where you say, you are enough, you know, because I believe when we do feel that enoughness inside, we have more to give. Of course, it doesn't mean enough is complacency. It doesn't mean you're sitting on the couch eating potato chips and become lazy. But there is a strong discontent that so many people are struggling with. They always do believe that there is something that they are not. And there is so much that others are and that others do. And 
the whole fear of you know missing out or the fear of not being enough that is really plaguing millions of people the extra mile may also be the extra mile of self-acceptance and then go to the place where you recollect yourself like you said before listening then to that little whisper inside and then with that refreshed energy and that refreshed sense of confidence and self-acceptance go out to make a difference. And I think that's sometimes a step a lot of people are either skipping or don't give themselves permission to do so. You know, if I can just piggyback on that thought, I, I believe that finding our perfect harmony is when we t- truly take our eye off ourselves and put our eye back on other people. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's that moment that we, keep, we, we become far less self-involved with us and what, are, what am I doing? And we really look at other people and say, what are, what are you doing? You know, there was a, a great movie actress, Catherine Hepburn, and they often asked her the key to her charisma. And she says, well, when I walk into a room, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm bringing myself as if I was a, a bouquet of flowers and giving it to someone, not pretending that I was the flowers. It's not a matter of saying, here I am, but it's a matter of saying, there you are. And I believe that the more that we take our eyes off of ourself and our achievement and our accolades and what we're doing to impress other people about us, and we go out and help build other people's dreams and their possibilities and their opportunities, that we will begin to find that deepest happiness, that deepest, that deepest personal reflection, that deepest harmony, that deepest connection to all things that make us feel our most pure. I believe that. You know, every morning I wake up and there's three morning questions that I ask myself. I ask myself, number one, because, because, because a successful day begins in the morning. I mean, a successful day begins with what we start feeding ourselves. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I got to do this today. Oh, I forgot to pick that up last night. I need to go to the store. Oh, I got that meeting with my boss and I don't even have that report done yet. Oh, I've got to get the tire changed. People start thinking about all the things they have to do today. Well, that's really depressing. <laughs> that's really distressing. That's really enough to just shoot a poke a huge hole with a nail in my own helium balloon. So what I do is these three morning questions. Here we go. Number one, you know, what am I excited about? What am I excited about today? What's that one thing that's really going to be like, wow, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Because when we start our day with something that we're looking forward to, then it starts to make everything else fall back into the shadows. Question number two, Who can I serve today? Who is somebody that I can reach out to and give something to? A gift of a word, an email. uh, uh, Maybe there's something I can do for somebody. Who can I serve today? What one person am I thinking about that I'm going to go for it? Question number three, man, what am I grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? Because when we begin every single day with that expression and attitude of gratitude, Man, there's a real flowing harmony that begins to exist within us. So if you start your day, what am I excited about? Who can I serve? What am I grateful for? It changes the mindset. And it's our mindset that determines our feelings. It's our feelings that direct our actions. When we control the thoughts of our mind, we control the feelings that we feel. We then then take control over the actions that we show the world. That's my suggestion. Well, I want to add to that the one thing that I often teach my clients, and you can do this at the end of the day, because we are really, and I know we have a little bit of different approach. You certainly are more looking at what can I do on the outside world and 
my approach is more looking inside so that you know what you can do on the outside once you know yourself. The self-appreciation, because we have to also ask ourselves, so at the end of the day, what did I actually contribute? And not to boast, not to just, you know, get your ego uh, happy, but really in a, in a sense of also gaining like you do with your walks and feeling like, yes, I overcame that blister and that heat and the, the mosquito family that was chasing me, just having a little giving back from a, from a mind and especially the subconscious mind perspective, that kind of just asking yourself, what can I appreciate about myself today is so important. And it stuns many people. It stuns, I talked to a client of mine who's raising his three kids by himself. He has a business. He's trying to really do everything that a mother and a father and a business owner all can do. And he's on top of it involved in the community and he's having a lot of physical issues and he keeps on going forward and gives really his best every day. And then I ask him, so what did you appreciate about yourself, what you did yesterday or today? He had no answer. Everything that he's doing, he's just taking for granted. There is nothing giving back. There is nothing that he feels like, yeah, I actually, I like myself. I'm happy that I do this. I'm actually excited about myself. Don't you think that's also important to, to add to it? Because in his example, I think everything he did in the end was weighing on him because he never gave that positive feedback back to himself. I think I, I I think that I've been a little bit negligent in, in in our whole communication today to not point to something that's a very big key uh, factor to I think uh, my own self awareness my own my own growing. It's that every single day for at least forty five minutes I I do journal writing. I've done it for ten years. I've not missed a day ever. And in that during that journal writing, I it's it's not a it's not a matter of recording what happened to my day. It's it's a it's a it's a it's really processing, you know, what, how I lived, what I did. It's really taking that moment to go, as you would say, completely inside. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like that moment to have a self, that self-talk, that self-teaching, that total self-awareness moment, looking at all the times that I might've overreacted, the times that I might've done something really great, the times that I might in the future, if that presents itself, that I could change and maybe do that. And, you know, honestly, I, I believe in, in my whole heart that the life worth living is always the life worth recording. And I encourage everybody to keep these journals because then it allows you sometimes to really think about some of the hardest subjects that you're thinking about in your own head. Because when you start to resolve and you start to grow in that confidence with you and that self-awareness with you, it just doesn't grow naturally. It grows because you're feeding it. You know, it, and also a part of this journal time is I take the time every single day to, to, to find silence in a book, a book so I can learn and, and, and feel what other people might be seeing so that my world just isn't just seen through my own eyes, but the eyes of other people. And it's all of those things that start to manifest within me that start to grow the very best me. It's, and, and that is all about silent time. Wonderful. Well, and that is really, thank you for sharing that. I think that is such a wonderful way, the, the writing and spending the time with it, that uh, the, the way to connect to yourself, to listen to yourself, to, to see visually your thoughts makes them so much more powerful, but also then to let it float out of you so that it doesn't 
stay inside of you because certain things need to be expressed so that they can be released and certain things need to be seen so that they can be learned from. Now, one thing that I certainly notice about you is how committed you are. And I think that's probably, you know, one of the secrets to your success and your passion that you do have a 100% commitment to every day, making the best out of it. And what's your secret to that commitment? Do you have any yeah. final advice or thought to yeah, give our listener? I, I do. And that is such a beautiful question because I, I, you know, every time I go on one of these long adventures, one of the, one of the things that I'm, that I always take time. If I see like this little graveyard or cemetery way out in the middle of the country, I always go and visit it. And I visit it because I want to be reminded that life is short. And every time that I walk through, and, and sometimes, in, I mean, in Italy, it was really unique because they had the pictures of the people right there on the marker. So you got to really see not just the name and the, the, the year that they were born and the year that they died, but you saw who that human being was. And I'm reminded every single time that that was a human being like, like me who felt things, that dreamed things that loved things, that wanted things, that got mad, that got happy, that cried, that sad. And they had that time in their life. And I always wonder, man, did you live? Did you live the life you wanted to? Did you, how was your life? And I'm, I'm always wondering this because it, it brings me back to my own life, in your life, in the listener's life, because this is our time now. And when you talk about me being committed, I'm committed because I know that now these are my days these are my weeks, my months, and hopefully these are my years to really just embrace and love life, not to run from it, not to be fearful of it, to, but to enjoy it and appreciate it. It's a huge mystery. Maybe someday we'll find out the truth all about it. But while I'm here, I'm embracing this amazing gift and being committed to living the best I can every day. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your your passion, your commitment to life, your also, I believe, reminder that life is a journey, but it's not a journey that's a solo trip, but it's a journey where we are all ultimately crossing that ocean and we are all here meant to support each other along the way, learn from each other, grow from each other. You're certainly an inspiration. Now, how can people find out more about you? How can they buy your books and you know, get your speaking engagements and things like that? Well, I, I just want to say I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here today, and I'm I'm certainly grateful for the depth that you have shown in our interview, and and the the uh, you know all everything that you have done to bring you to this particular point of complete you know self awareness and enlightenment, and that gives you the power to take the risks and do a podcast. I mean, uh, you know, I, so I, I really want to say I'm I'm grateful for the chance to to be with you today. This one hour of conversation with you has been really great. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, again, Sean Anderson. It's at seananderson.com, S-H-A-W-N Anderson.com. You can find my books there. Certainly, you can find my books on Amazon. But you know, if you, if you have felt just the slightest bit of inspiration of anything I've said, I just encourage you to sign up for my weekly newsletter because it's, it's never anything about sales because I don't believe in that. All it is is about helping to push you and pull you up your hill. Every single week, I write something short, something inspirational that I have seen or felt in my world. And I pray to, to God that it helps inspire you too. Every Thursday, you can count on it. Thank you very much. And I actually read your newsletters and they are fabulous and they are a daily boost 
for a weekly boost. So I enjoyed reading them. We can all do the extra mile. We can all get out of the saddle and reach that top of the hill. So thank you so much for getting inspired on Empowerment Radio. Thank you, Sean, again. And thanks to all the listeners. Until next time, stay empowered and enjoy every day to the fullest. Goodbye. Thank you.